Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. A Saturday night get-together here on CBS Sports Radio. Jody Mack coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios when you need an expert to help navigate the home loan process. Rocket can. All right, they've got a process they've got to navigate this week in the NBA. That would be the NBA draft coming up on Thursday night. Here to lend us some insight is a guy who does it for a living. He is the managing partner of NetScout Basketball. Check out his website, netscoutbasketball.com, and his scouting services. College and Pro Scout Carl Berman joins us here on CBS Sports Radio. It's that time of year, Carl. I guess you're staying pretty busy, huh? Yep, um, not as busy as normal because of the pandemic. So, you know, we're not doing as much traveling as we normally would do, but, um, you know, we're still busy. <laughs> now, one thing that I was pr- impressed about uh, the, the reports and the stuff that you guys put out previously uh, was international stuff. As you mentioned, this is a tough time for everybody. We're, it seems like in this country we're making advances against the pandemic. Not every country, though, and the NBA drafts from every country. How difficult was it for you to scout Euros and all international players this year? Yeah, it was a little, little more difficult, uh, especially at the youth tournaments. Um, we were able to get into some, and some because of you know the virus restrictions in, in certain countries we weren't able to get in. So we've done a lot more, you know, a lot more video um, than we normally would do. Um, so it made, made it a little more difficult, but we still, I think, got a good feel for, for the guys that are, are, are available to be drafted. Since you went there, what is, and you've done both, certainly, and more so, leaned on more so one than you wanted to, what is it you miss most when you're trying to scout a young man and he opens your eye on video and you say, Damn, I wish I'd been in the gym for that one. What is the thing that's the toughest to pick up from video as compared to being there live? Yeah, we we like to be do both. You know, you can get an awful lot off of video, but um, being live, you can look at things like body control and speed and quickness and how a player reacts to his teammates or to calls or to his coaches. Um, who's the leader? Who's talking on the court? You know, that type of stuff that you don't really get get off of video uh, i was checking out your uh, latest mock which you've been updating uh, every week or so for the past month and i noticed something that maybe i had just missed before and if i had noticed it i hadn't uh, recognized it or remembered it you have guys broken down in the usual positions we think of pg point guard sg sg shooting guard sf small forward pf power forward and the big c for center but also cg I'm assuming that's combo guard. If so, when did you add that to the mix, and why did you think it necessary? 
Yeah, just for a few few guys who we think may not be pure point guards but can play off the ball, I think nowadays in the NBA you're seeing more uh, position flexibility. Uh, so you may not get someone that's a pure position uh, player. Um, they may be doing different roles and playing different spots. So like a Jalen Suggs, we have him listed as, as a combo guard. Uh, he'll probably pro, but he'll also play off the ball um, So for, for that reason. Yeah, I would say a combo guard is a good thing in today's NBA. That's for darn sure. Um, in <laughs> checking your mocks and everybody else's mock drafts, uh, just my general feel, and please to tell me if I'm way off, there seems to be a pretty good consensus about this year's top players, whether you want to draw the line at 5 or you want to draw the line at 10 or you want to go down to 15. There are a couple of guys that are in some people's top 10 and not in other people's top 15, but they seem to be few and far between. There seems to be more of a consensus this year than I've ever seen before. You certainly know yours, and I'm sure you stay up on everybody else's mocks. Am I accurate in saying that? Has this been a more easily evaluated draft as far as placing the guys, as far as as knowing who the top 10, 15, 20 are? Yeah, I think um, this year's draft is pretty, um, you know, it's a pretty strong draft from from top to bottom, especially in the first round. Um, We look at a few few guys who we think are kind of tier one guys who we think might be all-stars down the line. And um, right now, you know, we, we, you know, look at Kate Cunningham and Mobley and Jalen Green and Jalen Suggs and Scotty Barnes as, um, as guys that are, kind of at the top of that list. And then, you know, Jonathan Kaminga, you know, has a lot of um, potential, but he's also a high risk. Um, so he, he comes in as, as a, you know, all-star potential guy. Um, and then after that, it's, it's pretty much a crapshoot. There, there's a whole lot of players, um, you know, from six to say 20 um, who could go in different spots in that, in that range, um, depending on who's picking and what they think of a particular player. And even when uh, two years ago, when we had an unquestioned, in my mind, number one draft pick, there's always someone out there who wants to try and knock the champ down a peg, who uh, (laughs) makes a case for someone else to be the number one pick, which to me was just absolutely ludicrous. And I think they're they're attempting to do that again this year, except no one will uh, put their name on a mock draft that doesn't have Cade Cunningham at the top. Uh, is there a difference? Is there a distance between either Cunningham and Mobley or Cunningham and Green, depending on who you think is the second and or third guy in the draft? How big is the distance if you think there is one? Yeah, I don't think it's a huge distance. I think all those guys are potential all-stars. I think Cunningham has, has the least risk and, and with his game, um, you know, he's six, eight, um, he, he can play point guard or at least, uh, you know, be a facilitator offensively. Uh, runs the pick and roll really well. He shot exceptionally well this year, better than people thought. He was a 40% three-point shooter, uh, 44% off catch and shoots, um, 62% at the rim. Um, so he shot better. Um, you know, and people are trying to say, oh, his turnovers were kind of high, and that might be true. But again, he, he had a really high usage rate, um, and his teammates weren't particularly strong. So he's in some cases might be passing to someone who doesn't make a shot so he doesn't get the assist or might get a turnover because guys are double teaming him where you know as if you were on another team that wouldn't happen so I, i'm real high on him i think he's you know i i can see some jason tatum in him 
Last year, we had a couple of good plays. The year before, with Zion and Ja. Uh, Garland's had a really good two years in the league. Cam Johnson landed in the perfect place, and Tyler Hero stepped up pretty damn early in his career. This past year, Edwards at number one. I think uh, LaMelo starred pretty well in Charlotte. But then, for me, there was a bit of a drop-off. Would you comp this year's class more so to last year or the previous years that was certainly star-studded at the top but then might not have been as balanced going down thereafter? Yeah, probably uh, two years ago. Um, last year's draft, I think uh, none of those guys, even Anthony Edwards, we had ball. We, we, we thought more highly of ball than Edwards coming into the draft. Um, but none of those guys um, would have been kind of in our top four this year. Um, you know, we grade Cunningham, Mobley, Green, and Suggs. Um, all over, you know, over those guys at the same time uh, that the draft was happening last year. So I think it's strong at the top, and and it's it's fairly strong moving down too. All right, let me ask you about uh, your strong suit, internationals, and and uh, how many actually are going to get drafted throughout the draft, which of course is two rounds and sixty players deep. Also, uh, draw a line at the first round. Is this a good international draft, an okay international draft, or a weak international draft? Yeah, I think it's strong at the top. Uh, there are three three guys, um, Uzlan Garuba, uh, Alper and Schengen, and uh, Josh Giddy, that are all um, lottery picks. Um, so from that standpoint, uh, it's strong. Kind of moves down a little bit after that, and uh, kind of depends on who you consider an international player, like, you know, Chris Duarte played at Oregon, you know, he's from the Dominican Republic, you know, Franz Wagner uh, from Michigan, you know, came from Germany, so, you know, they're international players just playing in NCAA, but um, for the, inter- you know, the true internationals, um, it does kind of drop off uh, after that. There'll probably be some second-rounders picked, um, and, you know, there's usually six to eight or nine internationals selected over the course of the draft. Carl Berman from NetScoutBasketball.com, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio. All right, I'm going to ask you to help me with the pronunciation again. You just said his name, so I know you know how to say it. It's going to be like Antetokounmpo for me. I'm just going to call him Giannis and have for the last several years. The big kid from Turkey who someone told me was the best low post player in the draft for the last three, four, five years, somewhere thereabouts. Alprin Singun, Shengun, please help me out with the pronunciation, and am I doing his post-game justice? <laughs> we're, we're doing uh, Shengun. Shengun. Um, but, uh, yeah, his um, his production is, is really quite good for his age. And normally when you map out, someone who who does what he did he averaged like 19 and 9 uh this past year in the turkish league which is probably a top three top four european league um at the age of 18 and if you map those guys out you know from from the past that those outcomes are really very positive um there's some some uh, difference of opinion on him as far as his ability to defend he seems to be really good uh defending uh a pick and roll roller uh and also inside you know he defends the the basket well uh whether he's quick enough to to bounce out on a guard you know is kind of questionable at this point but his skill level is really good inside it's it's really good it seems like he'll be able to develop a shot 
so we're, we're high on him moving forward. Um, I think he'll wind up, you know, being able to shoot from three. Uh, he's very competent offensively. And if he can, uh, if he can guard a little bit better, um, moving forward, he can, uh, he can be a very solid player. And oh, by the way, I don't think Giannis doing what Giannis just did is going to hurt him either, who is a uh, 18-year-old kid coming out of Greece. It took some years before he won a championship, but, man, is he on the top of the world right now. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you about the G League. This is the first year that guys are actually going to be drafted straight out of the G League, including Jalen Green, who will go either two or three in this draft. But there are other uh, G League guys who are going to go in the first round. When they decided to make the G League available to uh, players uh, to become professional but not be drafted yet um, a couple of years back, I'm sure they had plans as to what it was going to be, what it was going to accomplish. Do you think a couple of years in, the NBA has gotten what it wanted out of the G League? Yeah, I think so. And, you know, moving forward with both the G League and the Overtime Elite program, um, yeah, there'll be more more kids that decide to uh, to go that route. I think um, you know there's good good things about it and bad things. In Jalen Green's case, um, you know he's playing against um, NBA like players, you know professional guys who are older, um, playing in an NBA system, getting NBA support, you know as far as training and nutrition with NBA coaches. Brian Shaw with with them last this past year, uh, so. To prepare someone for the NBA, it, it's really good. Uh, they're getting paid, so going that route makes some sense. Uh, now that um, the college players can earn, earn some money uh, on their image and like, likeness, um, it may may be a little bit different. You know, someone might be able to go to college and make five hundred thousand or a million dollars off their you know name and image and likeness as opposed to going to the G League, and that might be that might might be a better solution for them at this point because they get more publicity people know more so they might earn more from a marketing standpoint than than being stuck in the g league some of the uh college basketball players are playing in front of twenty thousand seat sold out arenas whereas the g league guys aren't playing in that big an arena so yeah it's uh it'd be interesting to see the way it goes going forward i i i want to run this by you because I just happened to notice it today when I was going through some of my draft prep. Uh, you've got the first round, and then comes the second round, 30 and 30. So you've got 30 guys going in the second round. 25 of the 30 picks in the second round are with teams that acquired the pick somehow, some way, some kind of trade um, from previous seasons or future seasons and the like. Only five out of the 30 picks are owned by the team that were scheduled to make them at that time in that round. Does that tell us anything? Have second round draft picks become a needed or wanted commodity, or is it less of a commodity that they're just like shunned aside and thrown into whatever kind of deal you got to make? Um, I, I'd never seen one laid out where 25 of the 30 picks were acquired. were not the teams that were supposed to have them. What do you make of that? Yes, it's very, very interesting. Um, that that's true. In in some cases, it's kind of a devaluation of your second round uh, picks, where in a lot of cases those those players don't you know map out well and don't really become NBA starters or contributors. So um, you know, in a trade, I think teams are more likely to you know throw in second round picks as as a boost to try to 
you know, get who, you know, a trade done. Um, but yeah, I think this is the most I've ever seen. 25 out of 30 are, are picks that were traded at one point. Some of them were traded multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> from, 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 and then it finally ends up with somebody. Uh, we're yeah. talking to our buddy, Carl Berman from NetscoutBasketball.com. All right, just a couple more quickies for you, Carl. Uh, are there any guys who are in this draft, or draft eligible, non-Americans, who are playing in the Olympics, that are getting one last chance this next couple of days, maybe perhaps, to showcase and open somebody's eyes and maybe move up a draft board a little bit. But there's always the downside. You get somebody hurt or have a god-awful game, could end up hurting their draft status. Are there any Olympic players that are actually draft eligible? Yeah, there aren't, aren't many. Um, you know, there are a few, and some of the ones who are, you know, on Olympic teams may not play a whole lot for their team. So I, I don't think that's a big impact. Um, okay. Rokas from Lithuania, uh, I believe is, is playing for them. So he'll, he'll get some, some action and, you know, see how he does. We have him as a kind of a, a mid second rounder. Um, but I think he's the only one that, um, you know, I, I really can see Garuba's on the Spanish team, but he's not going to play a whole lot. He'll probably play 15 minutes a game, and people know him, so I don't think he'll improve or detract from his uh, his, his spot in the draft on Fair the enough. Olympics. All right, uh, one, I'll ask you one particular play. I could go through the entire first round and ask you to give us a report on all these guys I think most people know, uh, the the guys that are going to go in the top five. But here's a guy who most have mocked in the second round. Some bottom of the first, you've got him high in the second round. I'm a Villanova wonk. Uh, I've known Jay Wright for years and because uh, I'm in Philly. I get to see all their games all the time. Uh, they're on Fox most of the time, but if they ever end up on a local channel, I get a chance to see them. Uh, and I think Jay's a phenomenal college coach, and he's pretty good at developing guys for the next uh, step. Uh, last week, I, last year, I thought Sadiq Bay was underdrafted, and with the way that he played this year, I think he kind of proved that. I feel the same this year about Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Um, I think he's a first-round talent. Uh, more mocks than not having him going in the second round, even dropping a little bit in the second round. I think he's got a, a similar game to Sadiq Bay, as a matter of fact. Uh, give me your pro potential on Jeremiah Robinson Earl of Nova. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's a really smart player and, and knows how to play, typical with uh, a Villanova player. Um, good size. I think, you know, there's some questions on his athleticism and, uh, his, his shooting ability. Um, but if he can, you know, if he can shoot solidly from three and he knows how to play, then, you know, he'll find a spot. I don't think he's, he's a starter necessarily, but, uh, down the line, he, you know, I could see him being in the NBA for a while and, and being a contributor, a role player. I got one other guy to ask you about. I lied um, because here's one guy I have an opinion on more so uh, around the spot that you guys have him. Other people have him higher. And oh, by the way, uh, prior to the end of the season, some had him uh, as high as in the lottery. Zaire Williams of Stanford. I saw several Stanford games this year, and I knew that he was very highly thought of coming out of high school, one of the more highly touted players. And he had a mediocre year for me. I think he's still living on his reputation from high school more than anything else. You've got him going in the 20s, 23 to Houston, as a matter of fact. Maybe I just caught him on his bad nights because he never jumped off the screen to me. 
Give me your scouting report on Zaire Williams. How good a pro is he going to be? Yeah, he's an interesting guy, not only in, in you know, for, for him, but also in the way people are kind of evaluating players because he, he was really highly recruited out of high school. You know, if he went, was able to go to, to the NBA draft out of high school, he might have been a top five or top ten pick. Right. Uh, last year at Stanford didn't work out for him. Um, he, he's a guy whose shot looked really good, but it didn't actually go in. Um, and then he had, you know, Stanford, it was the COVID year. Um, Stanford was playing on the road the whole time. You know, even at home, they, they couldn't play, you know, or practice at their own facility. So they're living in a hotel the whole year. Um, he had a death in the family. He had a knee injury, uh, came back and didn't look good after he came back. So it just was a bad year for him. Um, so, you know, the people that, that kind of look at, Kind of analyze that one year can look at him and say, "Well, you know, he just doesn't look good." You know, right? That's me. But, Guilty as charged. Yeah. <laughs> right. But but there's a lot of you know there's a lot of things that went into it, it was a crazy year and all the things that happened to him. Um, I, I kind of like him. You know, I think um, you know he's six ten now. He's got ball skill. His shot looks good. Again, you know, not not real successful with it, but I think it'll come around. Um, so I think he, he, he's a guy that that might. You know, some some somebody might say, well, okay, last year was kind of just a bad year for him. We saw him in high school. You know, he's got great potential. He's got, you know, checks off a lot of boxes from an athletic, athleticism and, and measurement standpoint and skill standpoint. Uh, so we'll take him. You know, I, I, I've heard, you know, some are interested in, in, in the teams, you know, for him. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see where he goes. Maybe a team like the Knicks, who have two picks at 19 and 21. You take a more stable guy at 19, and then you take the flyer at 21, and maybe turns out to be a big-time player. Carl, great stuff. We appreciate you coming on. I know you had a busy week in front of you. Enjoy all the work. Uh, We'll be checking out your mock leading up to the draft. Thank you much for hopping on with us. Appreciate it, Jody. Always great to be on. That is Carl Bye-bye. Berman, uh, former, uh, uh, he is professional college and pro scout. His website, netscoutbasketball.com, gives you his latest mocks and in-depth scouting reports on some of the international superstars in this year's upcoming NBA draft. All right, Jody Mack coming back. We've jumped around to a couple of different topics so far tonight. Yeah, have I touched base with what you want to touch base on? Do so on my phones, 855 212 MacMan here with John CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t